Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a whole new episode of Full Seam Ahead. I'm your host, Azo, with my other guy on the other side, Mr. Cantu. How they do? This is episode 105. Title this offensive surge because, I mean, the Astros' offense look good these last two games against the Los Angeles Dodgers. The first game, they were only held to three hits, but after that, the Astros' offense was doing great. Uh, the second game, they had 13 hits as, as a total team. And this and the third game was 10 hits. So I think it was an offensive surge from them two games. Hopefully it could carry on to St. Louis against the Cardinals, which the Cardinals have not been doing great so far. We'll, we'll talk about that preview in a minute. Of course, go around the league, offensive and pitching MVPs with our hot takes and the over and under segment for this series. But Angel, let's go with the one word against the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Dodgers took two out of three. Um, honestly, that, that series really could have been a sweat for the Astros, even for the Dodgers, too. But, I mean, give me that one word. What do you describe the series? I would say questionable. There are some questionable calls on the Empire's part, some questionable um, outings by some of the players, and some questionable decisions by Dusty Baker. Yeah. I mean, the Ryan Stanek balk, uh, I mean, it could have gone either way. If you look at it slow motion, if you could look, look, I'm not defending the Dodgers. If you look at it slow motion, he does kind of tweak his right leg. And obviously the blues are going to see just right there and right in that direction with that call. But I will agree on this, that it shouldn't not have been called in the eighth inning in a high leverage situation, especially with the runner on third and two outs with, what, two strikes, I believe, the batter had as well. So I, I would go on that offensive part of saying that that box should not have been called. But if you look at it very closely, he, he did kind of lean his leg. Uh, he did lift his leg up a little. Yeah, that was maybe my argument. Like, in that spot, in that situation, you just got to let it play. It was yeah. very um, – I do agree with you. It was very subtle, but you could also make the case that – that sort of movement was towards stepping off. So I mean, mm-hmm. it could. I mean, it could. It's, it's questionable call. I, and then even that half inning, that top half of the eighth, that umpire strike zone was expanded. Like Altuve got got, got, got caught out on strikes, and all they the were strikes all balls. Called, they were all balls. Like he could have been mm-hmm. on first base. And same thing to Bregman. Bregman has a, a great eye um, for the plate, and even he has some questionable calls against him. So. That's like a momentum shifter right there when they, things aren't yeah. going your way. And at that point, when that balk was called, Stanek was fired up. Astros dugout was fired up. And, you know, again, it shouldn't be called. But at this point, that was a t- I think that was the toughest loss on the Astros so far. Like, the toughest loss. Not being able to close out that game after you take the lead. And even the last game, not even not being able to close it out. So, what if I was in the player's shoes, what I would do is use that as motivation to continue forward. It's like, there's already, so not, it's like, you're just not facing the other team, but you're facing the umpires as well. So use that as fuel to motivate and hopefully turn this thing around. Yeah. I mean, this series was very winnable. Like I said, it could have been a swept for both teams. The Dodgers honestly could have won. We will talk about what, play made it possible for the Astros to take that win in the third game. But I mean, like you were saying, the Astros had leads in the second and third games and you could go with even questionable decision-making. I mean, Montero in the eighth inning with a four, one lead. 
I mean, that's very risky because Montero, too, has not been the Rafael Montero how he was last year with the Astros. And we'll talk about um, our thoughts about Montero in a minute. But, I mean, he, he did good in the first two batters, strikeout and ground out. But after he hit Mookie Betts, and then when Freddie Freeman had that uh, RBI double, I just smelt like something was going to happen bad for the Astros. And sure enough, Will Smith launches a home run dead center, ties the ball game, and... I mean, yeah, the, the, just bullpen overall this June hasn't been really good for the Astros. Brian Abreu's been struggling a little. Uh, I mean, if you really think about it, they've been taxed a lot. That's, you know, none, none hidden right there. But let's not even talk about that. Let's let's give out the shout-outs from this Dodgers series. And, Angel, my further shout-out is going to go to Jose Abreu. He did a phenomenal job. Uh, I was shocked that he wasn't in the lineup the first game. It was a kind of a three-game, three-day off period for him. And what Dusty Baker had said, like for him to revamp himself, you know, just think about everything, just clear your mind kind of, kind of thing. And sure enough, I think he did four for nine, one home run, three RBIs in the series. In the month of June, this is best month so far as an Astro 284 batting average, 302 on base percentage, 494 slugging with a 796 OPS. He has four home runs and 16 RBIs this month. So, with the Ordon Alvarez being out this lineup, like we talked about before, it's going to be very crucial for Jose Brady to step up and show that 2020 AL MVP that he is. So, that's my offensive MVP. Angel, you got any other MVPs you want to shout out? Let's go with – how about let's go with the starting pitching. Mm-hmm. The starting pitching, they were all rookies, the back end of the rotation, and each of those starters had a quality start. My hot take from last week was that the rookie pitchers will outdo the Dodgers starting pitching, and they really put up their end of the bargain. Start off with J.P. France, six innings pitch, eight hits, three and runs, two walks, and four strikeouts. Again, this is – Every time when J.P. France starts, well, not every time, but almost uh, every start, the run support isn't there. And um, he's had winnable games that, you know, he throws quality starts. He throws everything he has on the gun. The Astros can't provide wins for him. So if he continues like that, those wins will certainly start to add up because I'm sure this offense will get fired up. Renaud Blanco, I was really impressed. I was really impressed. Yes. Uh, six innings uh, pitch, two hits, three and runs, two walks, and six strikeouts. But the impressive start for me is after he got roughed up that first inning, he was able to battle back and retire 16 of the last 17 hitters. Now, again, once you get hit like that in that first inning, it's really easy to lose your composure, to just say, hey, it's not my day, and just continue out there. But the way he was able to come back and regroup, that was very exceptional and things that the Astros will need to see for closer to September or even October games. And then Hunter Brown, six innings pitched, three hits, one earned run, two walks, and seven strikeouts. He really outdo Tony Gonsolin and showed up that he needs to be in that starting lineup. I mean, in that starting rotation because he really put his end of the bargain there. Yeah, I mean, all these starting pitchers got quality starts too. And the impressive thing about Ronel Blanco, you like you were saying, that first inning, he got roughed up. I mean, no doubt about it. Two hits or two home runs. After that, I mean, the Dodger lineup really couldn't solve him, couldn't figure him out. And um, and especially, I mean, he's a rookie too. And to be in a situation like that, I mean, that's pretty impressive to re re uh, compose yourself and get you know back on track. But give me another offensive guy, and that's gonna be Alex Bregman. Three for twelve. Yeah, that's a two fifty batting average. But that home run in Saturday was a grand slam. 
One home run, five RBIs, two walks in this series. Like I was saying Saturday, he had that grand slam that gave the Astros a good, comfortable lead. Did not get the win that game, but, I mean, seeing Alex Bregman hitting really well this month has been great, especially ever since the conversation he had with Brian McCann. So that is a very positive sign to see. And just to see if Breggy continues on uh, his little hitting stunt there, you know, the offensive stretch in St. Louis. Yeah, and give me some doobie. Mauricio Dubon is another person who gets a shout-out. Two for nine, one home run, one RBA. But he had a game-saving diving grab up the middle. That's like the level of difficulty on that play was through the roof. Again, up the middle. Has to dive full extension out and guns out the guy at first base, which technically saves the game because – um, if he doesn't make that grab, the runner scores. We have a tie game with no outs in the 11th inning for the Dodgers. So it it was a phenomenal play, and he can make a bid for the Oscars. I mean, he's been playing really good. Yeah. He could be a um, write-in. Yeah, I like, like, I like it. I think he's earned it, well-deserved. Being able to step in in a moment's notice and produce, it's what really stands out for Dubon. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And like you were saying, I mean, he did. Without that um... – Game saving play, like you were saying, it would have been no outs, would have been a runner on first for the Dodgers. And you know how the Astros have been with extra inning games. So, yes, Doobie, shout out to you because if that play wasn't made, could be a possibility that the Astros would have been swept in Dodger Stadium. Yeah. And the fans, the Dodgers fans would have been out of control at that point. But, you know, it's done. It's over with. That was the last time the Astros will be in Dodger Stadium this season, unless. There, well, October next year, happens. next year, it will, yeah, unless October happens, but next year, it's back at the juice box. Yeah, so Astros fans should rally up for that one because it'll be an interesting game. Uh, but now let's talk about, some, you know, like I feel like Astros players are really great in general, but they have, well, they have their downs, right? And right now, Montero mm-hmm. is struggling. In June, 9.2 innings pitch, 15 hits, 11 earned runs, 3 walks and 11 strikeouts. Now, I don't want to talk bad about players because, again, they're all human I mean, mistakes, but we're just mm-hmm. naming what's been going on, right? So mm-hmm. his, his last three relief appearances, June 17 against the Nationals, he threw one inning, four hits, four earned runs, two walks, and one strikeout. June 21st against the Mets, one innings pitched as well, three hits, two earned runs, two strikeouts. June 25th against the Dodgers, two-thirds of an inning, two hits, three and runs, one hit by pitch, and one strikeout. This is per Matt uh, Kawa- I don't know how to pronounce the last name. Kawahara. 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 There you, there you go. I need to ask him. Matt- Pronunciation. Yeah, I need to ask him. Um, but this is what he says about Dusty Baker on Montero. I mean, I've already reevaluated, and the thing about it is, when am I supposed to use him? If not, you use up everybody else. And then he is the eighth highest paid reliever in the major league. Now, again, I agree with Dusty's point. I mean, you have to use a guy. He's getting mm-hmm. paid that much. He's part of the baseball team. He wears an Astros uniform. He, you know, mm-hmm. he's in the bullpen. You have to use him. But yeah. my question to you, though, is what needs to be done about the Montero situation? He, he needs to get his confidence back soon because if not, that money and that contract that he received this past offseason, three years, I believe it was $34.5 million. 
it's looking like a waste so far. It, there's nothing really great right now happening for Rafael Montero. You can't even option for the guy because he doesn't have any options to go down to AAA or any type of minor league uh, farm system. And a lot of people have asked about that. They're like, okay, well, why is this guy not option? I mean, that that's the explanation right there. He doesn't have enough options. He doesn't even have any options to go down to AAA or AA or wherever you want to send him. The DFA situation is that contract. I mean, three. We're paying him three. The Astros are paying him three years, thirty-four point five million. To me, I just feel like in situations that the Astros are losing five plus runs or six plus runs, which, it, like for instance, against the Mets, the Mets were winning what, like, tw- tw- I don't even remember the score, eleven to one, and then plus the uh, Cincinnati Reds three to ten. I feel like those situations you got to pitch him because right now he's not comfortable in the medium to high leverage situations that you could put in Naris. You could put in um, Brian Abreu, but which Brian Abreu is a little bit struggling. Phil Maton, Ryan Presley. I mean, and I, like you were saying, you do agree. And I agree with you. You, I mean, Dusty really can't do nothing about it. He can't put them anywhere. I mean, the bullpen's already tired and taxed. You're going to have to do something with Abreu. I mean, not Abreu, uh, Montero. And when you have them arms already dead, you got to put somebody that's fresh. Montero is fresh. Yes, Astro fans don't like it. But at the same time, too, I mean, he needs to get out of this slump some way, somehow. And how are you going to do that? By pitching. Of course, you're going to be talked with uh, your pitching coaches after the game, the manager as well. Something has to happen. In that situation, though, I would have put maybe Seth Martinez. I would have put Ryan Presley for when, when I saw that hit by pitch, like I was saying, against Mookie Betts and then Freeman hit that RBI double, I'm bringing in Ryan Presley get the four out safe because something like that happened. It's it's. And then like you were saying with the last three relief appearances, it's not working right now for Rafael Montero. I agree with you 100%. I think you take the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say like you, you pitch yourself into these situations, you pitch yourself mm-hmm. out. Like mm-hmm. that's the only way. Um, I don't agree with people that are saying to designate for assignment, to move them. Yeah. Like, this guy has a track record, and you saw what he did last year. You know his potential. You know what he can do. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of time. And I know the time could be so limited because he does pitch about one inning. It's like a starter where they have one rough outing, but they have six, five plus innings to get back to it, right? He has mm-hmm. one inning to be perfect, and it's hard, right? And yeah. and um, so my thing is, is you have to pitch him to, in order to get over that hump, and just how you were saying those low lever situations, like if it's a blowout, let him meet innings, get his mechanics, you know, work on something. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not going to get Disney for assignment. He's not going to, no. you know, be option. That's not like, he's not going to be dropped down to AAA. He's going to have to figure it out. And I believe he will, like you were saying, working with the coaches, but surely slowly, but surely it will come as long as he's able to fix it before September, October, he should be, pretty good because if he doesn't fix, fix it by then there's a chance he might not even be on the postseason roster if yeah like if that's the case yeah but, it just has to happen soon um maybe after the all-star break maybe the all-star break he just relaxes i mean you you get what about good three four five days off uh regroup do something look at your mechanics look at the video uh, talk to your coaches because that's what you usually do in a situation like this. You got to talk to your coaches. Hey, what am I doing mechanically wrong? Where's my arm slot? Where am I? Is my front, um, you know, going out kind of thing? Because when you yeah. when you throw, obviously, 
the slot of your arm or the body mechanic of your body facing the home plate, that's going to, you know, affect it. So with him, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. It's just like, you know, you just things like that. The small little things you're just going to pay attention to. And like you were saying too, if he could get it before the postseason, really even after the all-star break for me, because it shows me and it gives me enough time to see, okay, well, are we going to have to go at the deadline and look for another relief pitcher if he's starting to throw like this? Because remember, our bullpens, the Astros' bullpen is still good. It's the eighth, uh, the lowest ERA is eighth in Major League Baseball. Uh, Bullpen-wise, too, they're like a top five in the American League still. So it it just needs to be fixed. I'd say after the All-Star break, hopefully he looks good and looks ready and looks, you know, better. Yeah, and again, baseball is 80% mental, 20% physical. We can even mm-hmm. argue 90% mental, 10% physical. And it, it could be a situation where his head's not, like, like his mind's not right. What, like, just take a look at Fran Rivaldez in beginning in his career. He would get in these tough situations, these high-level situations, and he would just lose it because he'll get nervous and he'll be second-guessing himself. This could be another case of that. Um, it's just like, how you were saying, maybe he takes his all-star break, get his mind right a little bit, um, and is, is able to get that confidence. But the only way to get that confidence is on the field, not sent down, not somewhere else on the field. Yeah, because that, that's just losing your confidence at that point, I feel like. Yeah. Even though – and if you think about it too, look, look what happened in the Toronto Blue Jays situation when Alec Manoa got rocked by the Astros. That After that game, the next day he gets sent to Florida to get everything fixed, mechanics, uh, velocity – all these things that the pitcher needs to get ready. And he's still down there in the Florida yeah. uh, league over there and wherever, you know, Toronto has their spring training facility. So Manoa on the other hand gets to do stuff like that. Montero on his contract, he doesn't have any options. So the Astros are going to have to just figure a way out to just get him to get his confidence back, the mechanics, right. And to look like a better pitcher, like you were saying, Angel, probably he's going to have to look at these low leverage situations and just build off of that. Because right now I don't think, Dana Brown, I don't think Jim Crandor or even Dusty Baker feels comfortable putting him out there in a two-run, one-run, three-run lead and I've won that medium-high leverage situation. So Astros are just going to have to monitor that, honestly. Mm-hmm. So let's go with the preview. And it is against the St. Louis Cardinals, the Redbirds, that rivalry that the Astros have had since 05, 04. Uh, uh, you know, all these Astro fans that remember them days uh, from – the 04 NLCS to Albert Pujols' home run to Jim Edmonds' home run to the knockoff the Astros in the 04 NLCS. But it's a different it's a different way now. I mean, the Astros are in the American League. They move from the Central to the AOS. And the Cardinals, the Redbirds, they are struggling bad. Like, we said the Mets, the Cardinals, too, are themselves. I mean, they're last in the NL Central, 32 and 45. Uh, in their last 10 games, they're five and five, nine games back from first. That first game in London, I don't know if you saw the London series, it would be in two games only. That first game, whew, St. Louis did not look like the Redbirds that they usually are and that they were back then winning them uh, championships and the World Series. But let's get that Tuesday matchup for y'all, 645 Central start time. You got Frander Valdez, 7 5, 227 ERA versus Jordan Montgomery with a 4 7, 369 ERA. And who better else to not have on the mound but Framber Valdez? This is your ace of your staff. This is the guy that, you know, when he's on the mound, 
it's kind of like, okay, everybody feels very confident. That's going to be at least an 80% winning percentage a game. And Framer just does that, really. Last sounded against the Mets, eight innings, four hits, two earned runs, one walk, nine strikeouts. Like I had said before, I feel like this guy is on his way to Seattle, too, uh, with Drew Gilbert, we'll talk about in a minute on him. But, um, yeah, Valdez, I very, I feel very comfortable. I think I could speak for you, too, Angel, of him being on that mound, trying to get that first game of the series, especially a struggling offensive team and just a team overall with the Redbirds. And you got Jordan Montgomery on the other side of things. His last outing against the Washington Nationals, he threw seven innings, four hits, one earned run, one walk, six strikeouts. Thing with Jordan Montgomery, yeah, that ERA is a 369, has a losing record of four and seven, but he has a great month of June so far. In those four starts, in his last four starts, he's only allowed five earned runs total and has a total of 24 strikeouts. Thing with him, though, I don't know why he doesn't like Bush Stadium because Bush Stadium looks like a phenomenal venue to be at. At least a top, what I would say, top five venue in Major League ballparks. I think I can speak for both of us. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, yeah, but he has struggled at home. I don't know why. Like I said, uh, at home he has a 4.62 ERA, an opponent batting average of 2.86. When he is away from Bush, he has a 2.91 ERA and the opponent batting average being 2.39. So Astros have a great chance to continue to make that ERA rise, maybe to a five against a struggling. Montgomery at home. Wednesday, we got Christian Javier with a 645 start time, 7-1-325 ERA versus Miles Mikolas, 4-5 with a 4-23 ERA. And Christian Javier, his last outing, man, it was probably the worst start I've ever seen him in two years. I'll be honest with you. I've never seen him struggle that bad. Command was just not there. Slider wasn't breaking. the arm. I don't know if it was his arm slot. Velocity in the fastball wasn't there either. It was just horrific. I'm just going to say it like that. The New York Mets, two innings in the third, uh, four hits, four earned runs, five walks. That's a career high, I believe. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, and one strikeout. Last time he pitched two innings in a start, you got to go back to June 2020 of the pandemic year. And that was a good while. That was when I think when Christian Javier was a rookie, I would say. But I'm going to ask you, Angel, I mean, do we see a bounce back game from him? Do you see him recuperating and you know, getting ready to prepare himself for a better outing against the St. Louis Cardinals. I think so. I think this start was just an outlier. Um, it happens. It's baseball. Like, like it's hard to be successful throughout the 162 game uh, uh, games throughout the, the, with the season. But again, I think it's just an outlier. His command was terrible. But he's gonna look at that. Uh, you know, his uh, scouting report. He's gonna look at the, what the recordings, and he's gonna be able to get. His command bag. Um, I expect him to have a really good outing against the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, 290 ERA before that Mets game and then after 325 ERA. So that kind of hurt his ERA, made it rise up a little bit. But Miles Mikolas, on the other hand, last outing against the Nationals, seven innings, eight hits, two earned runs, one walk, three strikeouts. I'm going to just say it right here. This is a great opportunity for the Astros to strike first. First time through the lineup. 5.52 ERA with a WOBA for hitters, 3.49. That is a great number for hitters to hear, and then even the ERA too, 5.52. Uh, has a 27.7 line drive percentage, which our guys are really great at hitting the ball at the line. You know, Altuve, Tucker, Abreu's been looking good too, Breggy, of course. And then the interesting fact for me is his hits, his hits per nine innings 
it's a 10.38 percent of his hits per nine innings. So it just shows that he gives up a lot of hits during his outings. Um, and his last three is, was 10, 8, 10. I expect another one like this with the Astros lineup that looked really good them last two games at Dodger Stadium. I expect that offense to continue over here at Bush. So we will just have to see what happens and what plays out for the Astros. And then Thursday, 6.15 start time. This one, J.P. Francis on the mound for the Astros, 2-3 and three with a 3.54 ERA versus the veteran, the 20-year vet, Adam Wainwright, which he has not had a great season so far. And, you know, let's talk about J.P. France. I mean, like we you talked about on your shout-out with him. I mean, he's done really excellent. He's been really great on the road, too. I don't know why he just doesn't like Minute Maid Park, which no offense to him. Maybe the stash likes being on that road. And, I mean, it just looks really good. And his last outing versus the Mets at home, though, six innings, eight hits, three earned runs, two walks, four strikeouts. That's a quality start. That's a good outing. Like you're saying, the offense just wasn't there to support him. And he's having a good month of June. I mean, he has a 1-2 record. Of course, it's a losing record. But, I mean, the ERA is still good. Three and three oh eight ERA, 26 and a third innings pitch, 22 hits, nine earned runs, 10 walks, 16 strikeouts. Um, I mean, this is what you need from a third guy in that rotation right now because, obviously, your one-two punch is going to be Javier and Valdez. The three spots up in the air, and Javier's doing a – not Javier. Uh, France is doing a great job in holding that position. Like you were saying with Ronel Blanco and these other rookies, if you're going to want to be able to pitch in this postseason or be able to pitch later in the season with the Astros with the rotation, with Jose Urquidy coming back too, you got to prove yourself. And J.P. France has been proving himself this whole season. Adam Wainwright, on the other hand, he is not the same Adam Wainwright that Cardinals fans were hoping for from last year. I mean, last year was kind of like the last dance for Yadier Molina, um, Albert Pujols, and him, and Adam Wainwright himself to like, okay, this is our last year. Let's go out with the bang. And they did go out with the bang, all of them together. But Wainwright decided to stay one more year with the Cardinals. This is his last year, he has officially said. And his last time, like I was saying, they were playing that London series against the Chicago Cubs. Three innings, 11 hits, seven earned runs, one walk, zero strikeouts. And like I was saying, he's not the same anymore. It just doesn't look like the Wainwright from 2022. He ranks in the first percentile, which this is not good in, in a pitcher's perspective on baseball's font, in X uh, batting average, X strikeout rate, percentage, fastball velocity, whiff percentage, and ranks third percentile in X slugging percentage and X ERA slash X Woba. So Angel, I mean, Adam Wainwright has seen the ups and downs throughout his career. He's been with the highs and the lows. I believe he has three World Series rings. How can the Astros take advantage of the mistakes like a veteran like Wainwright, which you don't see veterans like him make mistakes, but this season he's been making a lot. So how can the Astros offense take advantage of it? Well, the thing about Wainwright is he has to be perfect. He has to locate his spots. Like again, um, he was in the uh, first percentile of many categories, and one of those things is fastball velocity. His fast, his forcing fastball is pretty slow. It's uh, its max is about 86, 87. 
with the sinker 86 87 as well so sinker fastball traditionally uh high mileage pitches but for wayne Wright again that arm is not what it used to be so it's pretty slow so he's he reminds me of like a ted lily type of guy where he has to locate in order to have successful because he's going to be blowing by guys and those two pitches that he relies on are the sinker and the curveball so to kind of throw people uh and, throw, and he spring and he has a cutter as well so it's going to be like more of a three pitch uh uh arsenal sinker curveball and cutter now the thing about the sinker is the pitch he throws the most and his batting his opponent batting average is 417 so it's wow. pretty high up there mm-hmm. his curveball uh his curveball is at 279 but the cutter even the cutter um uh, is at 349 batting average so um if i'm the Astros, i'm looking for that uh, mid velocity and that sinker cutter and just sit, sit on the curveball because it will come he throws it a lot but Again, that batting average is at 279, whereas cutter and sinker are above 300 and even 400 batting average. So sit on yeah. that mistake. Yeah, this is a great opportunity for the Astros to really these the, the three pitchers that they're throwing overall. I mean, they've been struggling. Miles Mikolas looked great last year, too. Um, he's been struggling. Jordan Montgomery, the second half of Jordan Montgomery from that trade deadline from the Yankees and Cardinals. I don't know if everybody remember that trade. He was on fire that second half. Him and Jose Quintana. Um it's just this 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 Cardinals team. They just don't look like the Cardinals that historically that's when every you know they have a winning percentage every season. They're always in the hunt for the postseason. Right now, you got the Brewers, you got the red hot Reds, and of course the Pirates. You don't sleep on them. Cubs as well. So this is a great opportunity, just like how the Mets series to take advantage of a team that struggle to score runs, and they have. These offensive players like Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt was a MVP last year. Arenado, Silver Slugger, he was a third MVP finalist too. Take advantage. You got to take advantage of the pitcher's mistakes, and this is a great opportunity for the Astros to continue to do so, especially after that offensive um, powerhouse that they did over there in L.A. Yeah, this Cardinals team has uh, is – Below par for sure for what they uh, traditionally are like. They're actually projected to win the division, um, yeah. But that pitching has not been so good. I think it's like the Yadier effect or something like. Could um, be because that pitching, like the pitching last year, was one of the key pieces to why they were successful. Now it's just like they can't throw strikes or they're leaving things out of the plate. But mm-hmm. um, again, how you were saying, it's a good series for the Astros to get their offense back on track and. Hopefully they can take advantage of the mistakes that the Cardinals pitcher have been doing. But um, those pitching matchups were pretty great. I think Astros and even Astros pitching have a good have a great chance to continue their success as well. But now it is time for the offensive MVPs and hot take segment. So my offensive MVP was Yanir Diaz. Didn't do so hot, but Brown put me on top. He gave me that point because he pitched pretty good. And then my hot take is the Astros pitching will outdo the Dodgers. What do you think? So did they outdo the Dodgers pitching? The first game, I got you got to go with Emma Sheehan. I mean, they did pretty good in the bullpen. Other than that, they did that. They attacked Bobby Miller really well. And Tony Gonsolin, split finger, just continued to stay in the zone. That's how Pena and Abreu hit them home runs. So I'd give it to you on that one because That's the great. Astros pitching did look good. Yeah. All right. Now, this week, my offensive MVP is Alex Bregman. He did hit a home run, a grand slam, actually, um, mm-hmm. this series, and I expect more success to come for him. Again, that little tweak in his elbow has been really beneficial for him. 
Um, I, I I can bet against Christian Javier. That is my <laughs> pitching MVP. Uh, again, I think it's a bounce back game for him, and Astros fans will be looking for that as well. Again, this is a good series to have that bounce back outing. And mm-hmm. then my hot take is Astros will sweep the Cardinals in mm-hmm. St. Louis. Damn, in St. Louis too, and just in gives St. me that. Give me, gives me that 05 vibes when the Astros clinch at St. Louis. And I think it was game six or game seven uh, for their first ever chance to go to the World Series in 2005. So that, that brings back memories. Um, me, on the other hand, my offense MVP and pitching and hot takes, I think it went really well, actually. Um, I, I think Bregman, even though he had a 250 average, he did hit that grand slam. I feel like five RBIs, two in the series was really well. So I I'm, I'm, I don't know what you think about it. Give, give me your thing. Real quick, yeah, yeah. thought. Yeah, yeah. So it's it. good. Okay, Ronel Blanco. I think he did really well. I told you too. I said everybody, this is going to be the test for him to see how he does in a crucial, hostile environment. And I think he did really well after them two hits, being them two home runs. He settled down, looked really great. And then Abreu will be the better acquisition this series than JD Martinez. And I, I really think he did. Four for nine, home run, three RBIs. Uh, I, I I go three for three on that every day, but it's a new series. It's against St. Louis Cardinals. Let's see what we go from here. Uh, my offensive MVP. I'm going to continue on with Jose Abreu. I think after them two, after them days that Dusty Baker and uh, the coaching staff gave him off, regroup. Two days, four for nine, home run, three RBIs. Look out! He got an extra day off yesterday too. With the day off, you never know. He could continue being hot. Um, Pitching MVP, I got to go with my boy JP France. Love the stash. Uh, like I said, the stash likes being on the road too. His ERA looks great this June. I expect it to continue on with a offensive struggle from the Cardinals. And the hot take for me, the Astros hot corners will produce offensively, will be better offensively than the Cardinals hot corners, which is really, that's a really bold take because you're talking about Alex Bregman, Jose Abreu going against Goldie and Arenado. Not You're betting against them. Against who? Against Goldie and Nolan. Yikes. I mean, dude, first, I mean, Goldie won the MVP last year. Arenado was third in the MVP. I mean, I like it. I like my chances. Bergman's been hitting the ball really well. Brady looks like he's getting back into the groove of things. I think you know it'd what? be good. You know what? LSU just won, just won the College World Series. So you're right. Bregman could be on another level this week. We, we can see we can see Bregman in a LSU jersey and an LSU Tiger championship jersey. Fanatics will probably ship him one pretty quick. So we'll, we'll we'll see about that. Our next segment, real quick, over under. And Angel, we were talking about off the air. I think I had a pretty good day. You, on the other hand. Good. Good thing I don't gamble. That's a- good thing. Good thing you don't because you did not hit so good. We both hit on the Kyle Tucker home run this series. He had one. Uh, Jose Bray having three RBIs. I hit. You went on the under on that. JP French striking out five this um, in his outing. You went the over. I went the under. I hit on that. Astros run production this series was 14. They scored 15 or 16 runs. I hit on that. You went the under on that. And we both did not hit the first game spread. Uh, from the FanDuel question that they had presented. But, Angel, it's a new it's new this time, dude. It's new. new week, refresh. New week. new week. Refresh your mind. Get your mind right. First one being up. Framber Valdez pitches seven innings. In his last four starts, 
Valdez has had two seven-inning outings this June. Are we going over or under on seven innings for Framber Valdez? Let's go over. I like it. I, I, I like it. I, I like it. Seven innings with a team that's struggling. I'm going over as well. Uh, no offense to that Cardinals, but when Framber Valdez is on the mound, I think Astro fans and even the Astro players behind him, they just feel very comfortable um, being behind him. So I'll go over. You go over on that. Christian Javier, two earned runs this uh, outing. His last start, he allowed four. It's kind of been an up-and-down start for him in June. Are we going over under two earned runs for Christian Javier? Well, I'm betting on his comeback, on his regroup, rebound, so let's go with under. Under, okay. Yeah. I go under two. I think, like you were saying, I think he's going to regroup. He's going to bounce back from that last series because that wasn't the Christian Javier that Astro fans know. And I think he does really well on the road, too. Third one, Astros team home runs this series. Four. Four team home runs, meaning four home runs as a team. That's what I was trying to say. Um, Against the Dodgers, they had a total of five. The Mets, they had four. Cincinnati, they had three. Washington, they had six. Angel, over. Four, under four. Let's go over four. Over four. I, I think they'll hit five. Cutting. Do you think they'll five. hit? They'll, do you think they'll hit that number five? Yeah. Hmm. Ooh, I, I'll go with that too. I'll go with the over. I think they can hit six. Actually, I'll, I'll go over a little bit over uh, years. So yeah, I think. Uh, <laughs> uh, the struggling, a struggling bullpen, a struggling uh, starting rotation, like you said, could be that Yadier Molina effect that not having him in the backstop kind of hurts the pitching staff of that Cardinals. Even uh, not Greg Maddox, but Mike Maddox from the the pitching coach that left St. Louis to Texas. Texas has been doing pretty well ever since. Uh, Maddox has got there, so that could be an effect too. So well, we both went over, and the last one I have, bullpen have a total of 12 strikeouts of this series. Um, remind you, the Dodgers, they had 11. The Mets, they had 18. Angel, we're going over under on 12. Let's go under. You're going under? Now, this is my reasoning. I, I feel like the starting pitchers are going to pitch quality start, so less bullpen usage. Mm, exactly. That's why I had to go under two. I think Framber Valdez, we said both, we both have said seven innings. I can see Christian Javier having a six to seven inning outing as well. The only one that'd be up in the air, tossed up in the air would be uh, JP France, which France doesn't get a lot of strikeouts, but he has had two back to back quality starts. So I, th- I think we both really kind of We're did same, everything yeah. together. Yeah, we, we both struck, uh, struck the same answers. We'll just have to see if they come true. For sure. Now, that is enough of baseball and Astros talk. Now it's time for Around the League. So let's start with some career milestones that happened this week. Again, anytime you go to the baseball game, something special could happen. And something special happened for a rookie and two vets this week. First, Elie De La Cruz. Friday night, De La Cruz collects his first cycle in six innings. And in only 15 career games. Again, that's why mm-hmm. I picked him up on my fantasy team right away. Oh, fantasy. Fantasy I update. Mean, <laughs> this is like a, a NL, player, uh, NL player of the week, too. We didn't even get to mention that. Uh, this is this is a little backstory Lorenzo told me. He said that I picked him up a minute before he was going to. So, you know. Yes, that is, uh, that's very true. 
that's not a fiction or fact. That is an absolute fact because I was going to so, get him and he beat me to it. So I put the trigger there. But what makes it special is it's the first cycle by a Reds player since Eric Davis in 1989. So um, Eli Cruz has a bright future and you know, so far he's been showing out. And it's going for the Freeman. If you were watching the Astros and Dodgers, um, either at the stadium or during the television broadcast, with an RBI double in Sunday's game, Freeman joins the 2000 hit club. Um, it's a phenomenal milestone because it's just a thousand away from 300. Um, I think it's possible. 3,000. Right? <laughs> 3,000. 3, what did I say? 300, 300. Oh, man, I didn't catch myself. It would be, it'd be 2,300 on that. Yeah, I didn't catch myself. So, um, Freeman joined some elite company with Miguel Cabrera, Joey Votto, Nelson Cruz, Elvis Andrews, Andrew McCutcheon, among active players who have at least 2,000 hits. And I believe Jose Altuve will be there soon. I think he's only um, yeah. a few off from 2,000. So, he'll be there soon, maybe this year or in the beginning of next year as well. And then we have a former Astro, George Springer. On Sunday, Springer hit his 55th leadoff home run in his career, which is second most in Major League history. Now, if he wants to be the first one, he has a lot of work to do because he's trading Ricky yeah. Henderson with 81. So, 80, um, Rick Henderson hit 81 leadoff home runs to Springer's 55. So, he has a lot of work to do to catch up, which, again, this yeah. is impressive for Ricky Henderson, you know, and all the things. It's like, it's just how great of a player he was, you mm-hmm. know, most on the bases. And lead off home runs and now we have 25 runs in the game the angels set the franchise record with 25 runs and 28 hits the angels scored 13 runs in an inning third time franchise history for sarah langs the angels scored 23 runs is the most through the first four innings of the game in the last 50 seasons angels defeat the rockies 25 to 1 you know what the most ironic thing is they lost that series against the rockies yeah i was about to say that too (laughs) They yeah. just won that one game right there, and they outscored them too, I believe. Right? Yeah, the Angels outscored the Rockies, yeah, because of that big uh, game two game. But I think the Angels should have left some for the other two games. But <laughs> just split it in half some way, somehow. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, with the with the Ricky Henderson one too, with George Springer, that'd be twenty six home runs to tie him. It could be possible. I, I have one so. question. I think it's so. Uh, also, Craig Biggio is fourth in. And uh, lead off home runs in Major League Baseball history. So, if anybody did not know that, um, I had a question though for this one with Freddie Freeman pertaining him. Is he Hall of Fame worthy? Ooh. I don't know. Kind of, ca- I kind of caught you there. Right yeah, there. I don't know. <laughs> How old is he right now? Shoot, I mean, I, he's a World Series champion, he's a Go Glove winner, he's an MVP too. Um, Silver Sluggers, I'm pretty sure. I think so. I think so. Like, I think that MVP um, and that World Series get him there. Um, he is a six-time All-Star as well. And he has see. a chance to, uh, like, so as the MVP, six-time All-Star, 2021 World Series champion, and a gold glove winner, three-time Silver Slugger. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, and he's 33 years old, so he has a chance to, like. Get like, to 3,000. Yeah, like, if he continues hitting how he is, like, how he's doing, he has a chance to get to 3,000. So, I'd say right now, maybe he's like an eight-year, 10-year uh, Hall of Famer that's on the ballot. But if he gets those 3,000 hits, I think he goes a lot sooner than that. I agree. I think he'll get to Cooperstown 
with if even even if I think he has twenty seven hundred or twenty five hundred hits, and he continues to have a silver slugger kind of day. I mean, he's hitting over three hundred too. I mean, that's what you want in a hitter like Freddie Freeman. But shout out to Drew, uh, Drew Gilbert as well. He is representing the only Astro representing in Seattle for the MLB All-Star Futures game. Congrats to him on that. I mean, he's had a good season so far. Struggling a little bit in cor uh, Corpus, but I mean, you go from high A, you go to double A. I mean, it's going to be different, different pitching styles and things like that. So just want to shout him out there. Number 76 prospect in MLB pipelines top 100 prospect list as well number one in the Astros farm system just shows you how impressive this guy is the future is bright for him but possibility that we could see one of the current Astros on the trade market just because because of Drew Gilbert and the talent that the Astros have in that outfield depth but that's the end of our show Angel you got anything else before we sign off yes Jordan Alvarez is a lone Astro who made it to that too Astros uh, All-Star finalist, so get those votes in. Uh, get uh, get Jordan an All-Star game bid. Yeah, it'd be his second one. I've never, I will never forget 2021, he got robbed. I will never forget that. But 2022, he did get his first All-Star selection. And, of course, right now he's on the injured list, but I, I doubt he'll go to the All-Star game. But you can make him a two-time All-Star by voting him in. Other than that, Angel, that is all for the show. Uh, continue to get us on our platforms on on our podcast platforms spotify google apple follow us at full seam ahead on twitter and on tiktok subscribe to our new youtube channel and we got instagram going angel oh, we got yeah. it going we got I it see going the logo up there. i see the logo up there <laughs> we got it going fsa full seam ahead that's where you find the instagram for the full seam ahead account of course we'll continue doing what we do on twitter and on TikTok, on to the Instagram page. But that is all for today's show. Continue to give us some ratings, some likes, uh, some comments, reviews, everything like that. We really appreciate your support. Other than that, that's a conclusion of our show. And we will recap the St. Louis Cardinals series. Get you ready for that preview against the first place, Texas Rangers Lone Star Battle in Texas in Arlington. We'll talk to you all later. See you guys.